Our very existence depends on this. This black strength. Strength that has carried us for decades, but is undermining an important aspect of our humanity, feeding in on itself. Being strong all the time took away our ability to speak about our weaknesses, our sadness, our mental illnesses. This silence is killing us. Welcome to another edition of the Black Doctor Speak podcast. I'm Jason James, executive producer of the show. Black Doctor Speak is your source for vetted, accurate information from some of the nation's top doctors. I'm joined now by our host, Dr. Michael Lenore, a medical reporter and a past president of the National Medical Association. Today, Mr. Dean and I want to spend a little time talking about the impact of racism on the health of African Americans. You know, what bothers me most about this whole last week, in the last couple of weeks, is that we as African Americans have been so anxious about the verdict that looked so conclusive in any other circumstance that clearly it has affected all of us. And when you throw that in the mix with our statistics around uh, coronavirus, I would have to say that this is a time and a place to start to talk about the impact of racism on the health of African-Americans. There was a 60-minute interview with uh, Dr. Williams, who was a researcher at Harvard University, who's been looking at this for almost 20 years. But I still think most of us who go through our lives day to day don't understand the subconscious issue and the pressure that racism puts on us. I don't think the, the racism is just, uh, and you know how I feel about this, I think that racism affects um, majority or white culture just as much as it affects Black people because it, it affects it in a different way. It affects majority culture in a different way. But I do think racism has an effect on them as well in, in terms of feelings of guilt, anxiety, frustration, anger, all of those things build up. And just like the stress that we have in terms of if the police officer gets behind us, if we're walking in the store and they're following us around the store, if we're not recognized, you know, it, all the microaggressions that we go through at work, whatever we, you know, whatever we encounter on a daily basis in terms of racism and those stressors and the impact it has on our health. I think on the other side, there's another side of that coin and there's just as much effect on the on the majority population. The reason why I bring that up is like, okay, we're, we're on blackdoctor.org. We should be talking about how it affects black people. The reason why I bring that up is because we talk about black people exclusively with regards to trying to overcome racism and its effect on health outcomes. As you can see from just our previous guests, there's not a lot of care when it comes to just black lives being affected. We saw what happened in, in Minnesota. We saw the video and we were still waiting yesterday with our breath held because we didn't know how the verdict was gonna be. So if we're just talking about racism in terms of its effect on black people, majority culture is not going to care. We have to talk about it in terms of how it's affecting all of the cultures in America and in order to say, this is a crisis that is affecting all people in different ways. Now you're talking about the solution to the problem, yeah. which has to include everybody in the society and everybody has to buy into the fact that this kind of racism has an impact on the whole society. I think one of the things that most African-Americans don't realize because we get used to it, it's almost like seeing police brutality. It's almost like a kind of a regular thing uh, and we're not as shocked by it as we should be. But if you look at some of the studies that I've seen recently, the drip, drip, drip of racism has a number of pathophysiologic outcomes on African-Americans. If you look at something called weathering, that means how long 
do we live and how well do we live? You yes. can demonstrate that for African-Americans, we're weathering 6.1 years faster than anybody else in the society. There have also been some studies that looked at the whole issue of what happens with this drip, drip, drip of racism. It increases the production of certain hormones. Those hormones lead to problems like hypertension, diabetes, you know, high cholesterol, stress and anxiety that wears on us in, in unconscious ways, in ways in which we don't, we don't know. If you look at zip, and it's not about just about poverty. I mean, I think it's more, much more than that because if you look at issue around uh, mortality for Black women, and you say something like Black women who are educated have increased mortalities over white women who just uh, who have high school educations, it demonstrates that something is wrong in the whole process and that we're not recognizing the things that we need to do in order to stay healthy. If you look in Oakland, a zip code uh, from one zip code to the next up in the hills as opposed to uh, down in the uh, lower parts of Oakland, the life expectancy of a black man is six years less yes. than for any other man, uh, male in, in Oakland. And so consequently, we're really going to have to start to really think about how we, the, the philosophy we've had at the African American Wellness Project is that these things are not going to be solved from the top down. They have to be solved from the bottom up. And African Americans have to understand you're being affected by the fact that they're not grocery stores in your neighborhood. They're not places to uh, run and exercise. There was a study done by Dr. Williams where he had an index that showed that if you're an African American, um, your attitude, uh, someone is killed in your neighborhood who's unarmed, it affects the mentality of the oh, whole yes. neighborhood for over three months. And he's oh, yes. an index and shows that. And so I think we really need to discuss this in a little bit more um, general fashion, that we as Black people on a day-to-day -day basis are being subjected to the kinds of pressures that lead to some of the poor outcomes we have. I think we have to recognize that, yeah, that Black people suffer from a collective PTSD with regards to our experience in America. And for, and for those that may or may not know, PTSD stands for post-traumatic stress disorder. And that, and everything that we see, the, the George Floyd, um, the, the, the other young brother that got killed in Minnesota, I can't, I can't recall his name right now, that got killed uh, for the air freshener or for the expired tag or whatever, the Breonna Taylors, the, the Sandra Blands, every time one of those things happens is a trigger for our PTSD that we have suffered in terms of long-term trauma in America. And so we do have to recognize that, and, and but we also have to recognize that there are ways that we can mitigate in terms of that life expectancy gap. Uh, Dr. Smith kind of talked about it a, a little bit in terms of getting rid of some of the bias that are, is already inherent in the medical profession. There, there's a bias that I've researched on my own that said that there, is, there was a belief that Black women, Black people in general, but Black women specifically, had a higher pain tolerance. And so therefore, when we're talking about uh, infant mortality and things like that, a black woman may come in experiencing some pain with regards to their pregnancy. And bias says, oh, you know, it's not that big of a deal. She, she's just complaining and we can send her home or prescribe her less effective medications that could lead to complications later on in pregnancy if they didn't take it seriously. And so we have to recognize that, that, that those biases and, and racism in general do affect our life expectancy. And if we can recognize that, and, and we've had, we've talked about that on this show and on other shows that we've had about being your own best 
advocate with regards to the healthcare system, we have to recognize, okay, you have to know your family history in, in terms of health conditions. Uh, you have to know what, what foods you should be eating and, and could be eating and are there healthy alternatives. Uh, we, we also have to recognize that this society has food deserts. And a lot of times practices like redlining have kept black people into communities that don't have the same access to, to those are the social determinants of health. All of those things are factors in terms of creating that life expectancy gap that you just mentioned. And what we have to do in terms of black people is we've got to take charge of our own health and say, hey, look, we're, we're going to you know respect and understand how we work and be better advocates for ourselves mm -hmm. and our, for our community. You don't expect the system. I mean, we're hot right now. I mean, you know, the George Floyd thing. I mean, uh, obviously, what amazes me is it, it's surprising to uh, the larger population of white people that we are sicker and have been sicker since what, what Dr. Hood calls the slave health deficit. We've been sicker for 400 years. And so consequently, when we look at the impact of the coronavirus on the African-American community, you know, it's it just stunned me that CNN and all these other doctors were surprised about the impact the coronavirus on the African-American community. Black doctors were not surprised. We knew that obviously when America gets a cold, we get pneumonia. And we understood that if you look at anything from the cradle to the grave, in terms of morbidity and mortality, African-Americans suffer greater. What's more important now that I'm seeing in all the research, let's just take prostate cancer, for instance. Prostate cancer is in higher incidence in African-Americans. We have more deaths. We have more, we have more metastasis. And always it's been said because of the number of reasons. Oh, we go late, it's something genetic. It's not genetic. If you look at all the studies uh, that have been done by the VA, where they took African-Americans and white Americans, same stage of prostate cancer, same exact treatment, the outcome for the black Americans were actually slightly better, but certainly they were no worse. This is another issue. Uh, recently in the Journal of the American Medical Association, one of their primary philosophers, I don't know whether it was edited or not, I want to be inaccurate about this, said that he did not believe that there was unconscious bias uh, sufficient in medicine to make any changes. Well, all of us, one of the reasons I started the African-American Wellness Project, because I was enraged about how the system treated us different. And well, so, I mean, the, the hard thing about bias, especially unconscious bias, is, is just that. It's unconscious. You have to make it conscious in order to recognize biases. And so when I was going through diversity training, diversity and inclusion training, that was one of the things that we talked about in terms of, well, when we go into companies or we do one-on-one, -on -one, uh, you know, diversity uh, initiatives is we've got to rec we've got to help people recognize where their biases lie. And so for him to make that statement, I, I'm, I'm laughing because I find it comical for somebody to say that they, they don't know that they don't believe there's enough unconscious bias. Well, you haven't even tried to scratch the surface. You haven't even if you haven't even had these conversations and has somebody adequately talked to you and helped you identify where your areas of bias are for you to be able to speak, you know, significantly about bias. And so the other part of bias is we've got unconscious bias which drives our behaviors. And then th those behaviors create another type of bias, which is called confirmation bias. And so what we're doing unconsciously is we're creating a self-fulfilling prophecy. And then we use that data to say, see, this is what we said. So a, a clear example is policing, right? And criminal records. And they say, oh, black people commit more crimes. And so therefore that's why we have more police in their neighborhoods. Well, what they're finding is, is that the stops, when you stop, when you look at the, the police, you know, traffic stops that black people were up to 
two and three and four times more likely to be pulled over, but yet white their white counterparts were more likely to have drug contraband found in a car search. So what does that say to you? What does that say to us is this. If you pulled over more majority culture, you will find more drug paraphernalia, more contraband. And so therefore the crime statistics will level out to where they really are versus them being the preponderance. But if you're pulling over 80% black uh, motorists, then of course you're going to find what you're looking for. And that's really the self-fulfilling prophecy that comes with. And you get this confirmation bias. And then those those statistics are used against black people saying you commit more crimes. When you I think that just demonstrates to us. I mean, like I say, the anxiety around this George Flood murder. I mean, clearly, yes. you can't even have murder in a Western movie more clear than this. And the fact that we were all anxious about what the verdict was going to be, you can't kind of, you can't quantitate how much that anxiety affects your health and affects how you see things and how you view things and what your day is like. And that's one of the reasons here, and I'm not pushing this, but the African American Wellness Project provides, I think, a way for you to start to build your own health system so that it, it is it is a bulwark. It is a barrier against your being taken advantage of, your being taken for granted. Uh, once you understand the things that you need, and we have a book called Focus on Your Health by Dr. Glenda Newell and Dr. Brenda Spriggs. And if you go to our website or you, or you email us at aawellnessproject uh, at gmail.com, we will send you uh, at least one or two new copies of the book out uh, each week, but everybody should have this book because there's no way, from my perspective, in living in this country as long as I am, that the society is going to be able to take care of this problem. This is a problem that you're going to have to take care of for yourself and for your family. And you're going to have to recognize that the day-to-day -day stuff you go through, uh, every other Black person is going through in one way or the other, and it definitely impacts the long-term implications of your health, which means to me that you have to be better prepared when you go into the healthcare system than anybody else in this country. And so consequently, listening to our programs, we give you information. But what right. you do with that information, how you construct your own system, I think is the most important thing. I think it's important, you know, even on our site at blackdoctor.org, I think we have channels dedicated to um, a lot of different medical conditions, especially those medical conditions that affect Black people the most. And so if you're uncomfortable in talking to, if you have a medical practitioner, if you're a primary care physician, or if you don't have one, but you want to learn something more about a medical condition, you can go to the site, you can go to African American Wellness Project, you can go to blackdoctor.org and learn about it. So therefore you're fortified when you do go see a doctor and you do have the latest information about a medical health related condition. So therefore you could be your best advocate and don't just rely on that doctor not you know, hope they don't have bias or hope they are they they are, are culturally competent that you come in there and say no doc i read about this this medication that seems to be better suited for black people so we do have to be have, take an active role in our health decisions and not just rely completely on the uh, advice of doctors that may or may not have our best interest at heart and i'm going to use the opportunity because we're doing a podcast one black doctor another to say what was said in that movie, I think it was news, whatever it was, you got to be mad as hell and say, I'm not going to take it anymore. Right. You got to build the kind of construct uh, so that you can go into that system with a certain amount of knowledge and information. Thank you, Mr. Dean, for helping us get through. 
another good podcast on Black Doctors Speak. Uh, Each week we'll be here with a different topic, always timely, always transparent, always truthful, keeping it real. I'd like to thank those of you who have taken the time to, to listen to our programs and to comment on them. We hope that you will suggest topics to us and your suggestions. Remember, health is your biggest asset, so protect it. I'm Dr. Michael Lenore. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Lenore. As always, it has been a pleasure. To our fans, thank you so much for listening to the Black Doctor Speak podcast. We are a weekly show, and we are sponsored by the African American Wellness Project, the Markel Lenore Endowment, and the Dan Weinstein Family Fund. Continue the conversation with us on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, at Black Doctor Speak, and on Twitter, at Black Doc Speak. And if you enjoyed our show, please remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, listening to our show is as simple as telling your Alexa, Siri, or Google to play the Black Doctor Speak podcast. Thanks so much, everyone. Stay safe.